Have you ever gotten ice cream from the supermarket and you scoop it out, but it just doesn't have that ice cream parlor taste? Well, guess what? Did you know you can find real, unbelievably creamy ice cream at the grocery store? Yeah, that's right. Tillamook ice cream is made with more cream, so you get smooth, dreamy scoops each time. I'm not going to lie. The flavors are delicious. And in family-sized cartons, I love their vanilla bean. Vanilla bean, to me, is the way that you judge anyone's ice cream, and their rich vanilla ice cream made with real crushed vanilla bean seeds is delicious or their organ strawberry oh, i love it sweet strawberry ice cream with ripe organ strawberry pieces so so good plus you got to check out their mudside flavor it's smooth chocolate ice cream with a ribbon of rich fudge and chocolatey chips oh it's so good i gotta go get some ice cream right now plus you know you're in good hands with tillamook brand they make over 200 different dairy products and the brand is farmer owned and led by dairy experts boy oh boy I love them all, and you're going to love them too. Whether it's birthday cake, peaches and cream, mint chocolate chip, banana split, or cookies and cream, there is a flavor for you. Find Tillamook ice cream near you at Tillamook.com. That's T-I-L-L-A-M-O-O-K.com. When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up here. There's something we should all be doing. It's going to improve your life, make every day a little bit better. And that is eat more Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes. Think about it. All the gurus, all the coaches out there, they've never said the words eat more Reese's. I mean, that combination of sweet chocolate and salty peanut butter. I mean, this is something that brings other people and ourselves joy. That's why there's two in a pack. Shop Reese's peanut butter cups now at a store near you found wherever candy is sold and often in my pantry because I love these. Amy Schumer is headlining her first HBO comedy special, Amy Schumer Live at the Apollo, directed by Chris Rock, written by Amy Schumer, and executive produced by Mike Berkowitz, Amy Schumer, and Jimmy Miller. For all you executive producer fans out there, okay, Amy Schumer is live at the Apollo. It premieres this Saturday, October 17th at 10 p.m. on HBO, or watch it now on HBO Now. I love Amy Schumer. She was a guest on this show. She killed it talking about Color of Night, and she is one of my favorite stand-ups. So check out her brand new special, Amy Schumer, live at the Apollo, uh, October 17th at 10 p.m. on HBO, or watch it now on HBO Now. He's roasted the most infamous celebrities. He's offended millions on Twitter, and he has taken on the entire country of New Zealand. And now Anthony Jeselnik is facing his most challenging audience yet. And Anthony Jeselnik, Thoughts and Prayers, a Netflix comedy special now streaming only on Netflix. I'm a big fan of Anthony. You will be offended. And you know what? You'll like yourself for it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop the clock. Stop the clock. Did you guys know that How Did This Get Made has an online companion piece? That's right. The amazing author of Console Wars, Blake Harris, has been doing oral histories of all of the How Did This Get Made movies. You can find them on SlashFilm.com. SlashFilm.com, one of my favorite websites, doing oral histories of all the movies that we've profiled here on the show. This one is amazing. He got Deborah Winger to talk about the movie Perfect, and it is perfect. Uh, Check it out at SlashFilm.com. Finally, a movie that's not afraid to show a four-minute and 37-second aerobic scene. We saw perfect, and you know what that means. Now it's time for the 
Bustin' nigga grow a baby in his belly Rock a rhinestone vest while whippin' Justin to Kelly Or maybe see a burlesque show with Nick Crow And take a bubble speed to hit and cruise control J-Man, Big Paul, and the beautiful June Gonna take you from the goob all the way to the room Ran the games of Street Fighter, help to blow off steam Just a sucker punch the odd life of Timothy Green Shot needle to Birdemic, how we stayin' alive They callin' in the badass and he's on the line Crankin' 88 minutes cause they cool as ice Cause a bad Jim Barney looking kind of nice Paul and June getting literal, Jason is getting laid June is making sure all the monkey shots getting paid They judge a bunch of movies while they're making the grade Here's a real question for you, how did this get made? Hello, people of Earth! And hello, people of Los Angeles! We are live here at Largo, our L.A. home. If you're ever in Los Angeles, come check out Largo at the Cornet. It's an amazing theater. We love being here. We love being here with a live audience, an audience that has subjected themselves to the full two-hour runtime of Perfect, a movie that did not edit a frame. Aggressively unedited. I don't think I could say that for any other film. In that way, the film was perfect. Um, please welcome my co-host tonight, Jason Manzukis. What's up, jerks? Please welcome June Diane Raphael. Do you want to greet them? Hi. And our very special guest tonight, please welcome Seth Morris. We very rarely have guests come back to the show, but we gave Seth such a bad movie originally that I, I feel like we owe it to you to kind of give you the best worst movie glad, of all yeah, time. I'm glad I, I was able to redeem myself. I don't remember what that was called. It was a terrible movie with like, uh, I think it was an Uwe Boll movie, maybe like uh, about the farmer. Was that the one? Oh, maybe? No, it was the like Knights. It was like set in night, Knights and Night. Yeah, there was time. Night. Yeah, there My was, joke is that it was a, it was a movie made to be shown on buses in Ecuador. <laughs> it's like nobody, there's no reason for anybody to ever watch it. Return, Return of, of the, the King. King. Thank you. There we go. I it wasn't that. All right, well, Wait, we'll Return get into it later. King? Isn't that a Lord of the Rings movie? Uh, but this, but boy, oh boy, was this amazing. This is a Perfect. real treat. Yeah. This, this, is, this is a movie that when they need to drive from the courthouse to the jail, they drive the whole way. Yep. I, you watch them drive the from the courthouse to the jail. I That's laugh. the one thing the director was like, listen, I will do this movie, but I want people to know what driving's really I want like. People to, I want people to understand that it takes time for things to get done. I never laughed so hard because you see it and you're like, oh, well, this will be the end of this sequence and then they'll nope. cut to him at the jail. No. Not only do they do his whole sequence of 
getting there, getting there, getting there. But then Jamie Lee Curtis also getting there, getting there, there. And it's the same angle on just like a car. Similarly, when you think, oh, I'm going to see a bit of an aerobics class, like, no, you're going to see an aerobics class. You're going to see the whole Here's class. the reality. You could use... The, I thought of this. You could use this movie as a workout movie. <laughs> you could do these workouts. People should do them. Instead of Tracy Anderson, you should sign up for this... this but you know what? I got to call, call out Jamie Lee Curtis's character. In that seduction... Jessica? Jessica. Jesse. Right? And there's... Jesse. Jesse, there's just... Too much, too much glutes in that class. So that's not responsible. Well, I didn't see any cool down. I didn't see any stretch. <laughs> well, well, she there's described... some of these though. <laughs> there was some yeah. of that. I mean, am I crazy to say did not seem like an, aer- an as I know it an aerobic right. exercise? Well, I will point out that they at one point when he was given the tour, he said. And I don't know if this way. One of the things that they had at this gym was slimnastics. So maybe we saw a slimnastics class. Maybe. Well, when she does talk about sex in regards to her workout, she does say that there are many parts to it. So she is working it out. Here's the thing about Jamie Lee Curtis. She trained constantly during filming and only ate one meal a day. During production, all the scenes with uh, Jamie Lee leading the aerobics classes were shot first. Then they shot the narrative sequences and then the closing credit workout. Uh, and apparently Curtis lost about 10 pounds of muscles before shooting the closing credits. So in between, I mean, uh, that makes uh, sense, in between getting her body ready to go and then there. Here's the, in, what, the interesting thing about this gym is that there's, no, there's not a body in there that's in transition. <laughs> like every single body in that class is perfect. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, as per the movie's As per title. the movie, but nobody's arriving at the gym and changing their figure. No, and nobody, nobody, here's, this is a gym that is, yes, exactly, not full of slobs. No. Yeah, they don't even have, like, the typical fat guy comic relief, I don't believe. Well, they do, but he's not in the gym. It's Jan Weiner playing <laughs> the editor of Rolling Stone. Jan Weiner, a who, butterball why, of a, why not just call yourself Jan Weiner? Yeah. Yeah, because you like, are hey, the head Jan of Rolling Wenner. Stone. Yeah. Just to talk about how much track this movie lays before we get into the plot of it do you all remember that this movie starts off with him being an obituary writer oh yeah wait the cold open of the movie you mean in New Jersey Jersey, where the home of the Jersey Journal I wrote that same thing down I'm so glad they wrote that they, they, they wrote that on screen and then never wrote anything on screen again as if to say we gotta explain that this is Jersey everything else they'll figure it out or, or to be like the New Jersey Journal building. Like you would know well, that you're in New Jersey, I would assume. But that's how crazy this movie is. That detail that he wrote obits features in no way. I disagree. I disagree because okay. if he hadn't basically looked into the camera and said, I don't want to do obituaries for the rest of my life. I wouldn't have known what the track of this character was going to be. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's the, it's the cold open of the movie is, I don't want to write obituaries anymore. And his editor or whatever is like, this is the last chance as a journalist to write something nice about somebody. Titles. <laughs> then like, that's it. That's like what they went. They're like, oh, that's going to fucking crush. And then we're going to go to the titles and people are going to get hard for this move. Yeah. It's also And five years later. They come back from titles five years later. I'm, but it is also 
also a strange way to introduce your protagonist when he's he's so tired of talking to people who have just lost a loved one. And he's so frustrated with them and annoyed by them. That yeah. he runs away when he sees them, but yet he has an urn on his desk. He has desk, an urn on his desk, yeah. Which is supremely disrespectful, yeah. it seems. And you know what? They should have been they should have kept that with like they're like that somebody comes in and they say we want to talk to the obituary writer you can't miss him he's the guy with the urn on his desk they should have the sports writer with a football helmet on his desk <laughs> the business guy with a sack of money with a dollar bill on it on his desk how else are you going to know which department people are in <laughs> but I like how they set up how he goes he goes this is the last time yeah applaud for me please uh, he goes, this is the last time you can ever be nice to people. Because I felt like there was a through line of this where they want the audience to know, like, reporters are jerks. Because when he said to Jamie Lee Curtis, she goes, I'd like to interview. And she goes, oh, no. But it's I've like, been burned before. Like, what? But to me, it's also like, this is listening to your friend who is like, or not your friend. So you go out on a dinner date and someone's like, oh yeah, I'm a journalist. It's fucking hard, man. It's like the most, like, because it's like, it's from the perspective of a journalist. Yeah talking about I was covering trials and gyms it was so tough like you know it was like here's the weird thing about the movie because the the lesson from the movie because he that is sort of the lesson that he he hasn't told the truth about gym culture in LA ultimately yes he has no no he did not he did not print that story he he did not print looking for Mr. Goodbody he printed he sent to print looking for Mr. Emerson. But he did write looking for Mr. Of course Goodbody. he did, but then he didn't go through with it. But that's... So he lost his journalistic integrity because there was something wrong with the culture there. This woman was asking to be gangbanged. <laughs> there is something wrong with what's going on there. By the way, it would have been irresponsible of him as a journalist not to follow Absolutely. that lady around the party trying to get a gangbang going. Um, the woman well that was my issue with the whole movie is like he's always being like yelled at for being a good journalist well, he is not okay, anything but a good he is seeing something and he's reporting on it like hey hey yeah. shame on you it's like I would see if there was a version of it where he's like like his but, whole because you know what I think there's a version of this story in which Linda reads that article well, I guess it did happen. But reads the article he originally wrote. Right. And takes a good look in the mirror. <laughs> and honestly, reevaluates what's been going on. His, and like, I feel like. His, focus inward. But like, his, like, his in, his whole, like, the story that he's breaking is so, like, uh, duh. It's like, it's like. <laughs> Our sports clubs is the new single bars, yeah. and everyone's like, "Wow, yeah, oh shit, wow, yeah. you're bringing it on the house." Curtis, Jamie Lee Curtis calls it out, and she and she's like, "Oh, don't tell me you're writing one of those our single our, our health clubs, the single clubs of the eighties." Of yeah. and he's like, "Oh uh, no, I'm I'm doing a Ralph Waldo Emerson, uh, yeah. Emersonian." Uh, I would argue, and I wrote this down a couple of times. I would argue that Travolta, like I, at times in this movie, I felt like. This was a pre. This was, he was like a Patrick Bateman American psycho character. Like he seems so emotionally detached from reality and so mercenary in terms of getting what he wants to get on whoever he wants to get it on. That I was like, oh no, this guy is capable of murder. 
He is a stone cold killer. And there's a bunch of scenes when he doesn't get his way. He's like, he's so fucking mad. Do you think that there's never any tape in that recorder? (laughs) If you told me that he made everything up, that he never, like I would believe, he seemed, he is the least trustworthy person in this entire movie. Well, he has the handwriting of a serial killer. They cut to his handwriting so many times like, what is it? What? What does it say? Don't show me that that chicken scratch. It says Linda Gang Gang Bang. He writes writes and gives himself the most obvious notes. He's going to remember. Yeah, yeah. He's He's going to remember. remember. And she says, and the, 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 when she says, I need to, I'm going to go see if I can scare up a gangbang? Well, and by the way, just so, they, just so we know she's not speaking metaphorically, we watch her go from guy to guy. We scare like, up. Nah. Nah. Like, um, what the, what's going on? By the way, let's, let's just get into his great journalistic writing. Like, if I'm not going to score with you, John Travolta, I guess I'll just have a gangbang? curious about was she saying that I can't have sex with no guy no single guy is going to have sex with me but maybe they all will yeah right if it it is if it is presented like a an oddity then then it would work or maybe is she saying like if you don't fuck me I guess this is what I because she's doing it for him right she keeps going around being looking at it you can stop this You alone, Travolta, can stop this by fucking me solo. But if not, this is what I'm into. And she also, like, gets whispered in the ear by one of the guys, then mimes with her fingers how big that guy's dick is to Travolta, like, big dick. Like, either wooing him over to it as well? Like, why would he care? Honestly, because I think she's reporting on that for him. Oh, So you think she's a reporter as well? In that moment, I think she's letting him know, like, I got the facts. I would trust her... (laughs) June, I I don't mean to put you on the spot, but would you like to read... His great writing here of how the gangbang went down. Can you read that? Also, he's a terrible writer. (laughs) The writing writing is terrible. Linda gave them all a good workout. She pretended one young man was a life cycle. She pretended another was a rowing machine. She pretended a third was an inner and outer thigh machine, popularly called the leg spreader. Thanks to such adventures, Linda is a is fast becoming a health club legend, a legend with a well-earned nickname. She is affectionately called the most used piece of equipment in the gym. Wow. Don't cheer for that. (laughs) This is a podcast. Are there creeps here? But this is terrible writing, right? She pretended... Legitimately bad writing. She pretended one young man was a lifestyle. She pretended another was a rowing machine. She pretended a third was an inner and outer thigh machine. It's like a fairy tale. Yeah. (laughs) It's like like Goldilocks. Hey, everybody. We're taking a quick break in the show for a word from our sponsor. Oh, guys, gals, life is full of mysteries. Like, how can you call version 17 of a movie a sequel? You can't. There's not even a word for 17 of anything. Or how did a movie about sharks and a tornado get made three different times and they're in pre-production on the fourth? And what's disodium inosoate and guatalate? And how does that end up in typical fast food chicken? Who knows? But what I do know is this. 
Chipotle doesn't guaylalalate their chicken. No, they only serve incredible chicken that's been marinated overnight in smoky, spicy chipotle pepper adobo sauce and then grilled to perfection on a smoking hot plancha. Yeah, I said plancha. Oh, yeah. They put that incredible chicken in a burrito, taco, bowl, or salad with your other favorite foods like cilantro lime rice, gently simmered black beans, sauteed fajita veggies. Ooh, I'm getting so hungry. Fresh tomato salsa. Yum, yum. Romaine lettuce. Crunch, crunch. Monterey Jack cheese. Heow! And Chipotle's amazing hand-mashed guac. Their guac is to die for. It tastes delicious. And you know why? Because they only use the best ingredients, all right? Chipotle, it's guaranteed to blow your mind. Also, it's guaranteed not to have any disodium in a whatever eight. Chipotle, food without a side order of questions. Guys, we all love Chipotle, right? Ladies, you all love Chipotle. So let's eat Chipotle and feel good about ourselves for goddamn it. For goddamn it. I don't even know if that's a thing. Oh my gosh. We are in the football season. Your fantasy team probably sucks. And you know what? You still got to sick it out for week 16 to see if you're going to actually make any money from your fantasy pools. Well, why wait until week 16 to get paid? Put your fantasy skills to the test every week this season at DraftKings.com. You know I've talked about DraftKings. I love DraftKings. Why do I love DraftKings? Because it's America's favorite one-week fantasy football site. Wait, what? One week fantasy football? Yeah. With one week fantasy, there are no season long commitments. Got an injured player? No problem. It's like a new season every single week. So you're never stuck with the same players. And get this, DraftKings is crowning a new millionaire every week. Every week this season, okay? That means you could turn your love of football into the payday of a lifetime. You pick your players, you pile up the points, and you pick up your cash. That's it. It is so much fun to play. It is so much fun to do because every week is like a brand new season. And at the end, you get money of the week, not the season. Believe me, you have never experienced football like this before. This is not your usual fantasy. This is DraftKings Welcome to the big time. Hurry to DraftKings.com right now. Use the promo code MADE, that's M-A-D-E, and play for free with your first deposit in this Sunday's $1 million fantasy football contest, where first place takes home hundred grand. Entered MADE, M-A-D-E, for free entry now, only at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Stop playing around with all your high school buddies who are a bunch of dipshits and get on DraftKings and start making some money. You think you're so smart? All right, everybody, back to the show. By the way, the article's really cut to the chase. Like, it, like it, uh, man, Adam Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> even this line where it's like, the line is, um, it, they used to go to single bars where they had their own bar stools with notches in them. But no more. Now they go to a co gym where they have life cycle exercise bikes with notches on them. <laughs> Like it just seems. Like I love it's. They, they have it in this article and on the other. The Emerson article wrote. He, there's a bunch of these sentences that start like, "For they knew that the health club." <laughs> I'm starting to understand why Carly Simon threw a drink in his face. By the way, yeah, Carly, Carly a, Simon, a thick brown drink, a thick yeah. tomato. Yeah. She, 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 her glass of gazpacho <laughs> that she threw in his face. It was like a a viscous fluid in a cup. Yeah. I can imagine them on set. It's just not reading. You got to get that thicker. Yeah, just put, uh, get, put, put flour put some, and ketchup put some in there. Flour. It's really great. 
crazy too because she just walks into that restaurant like she arrives turns around and throws her drink at him well it's the famous Adam Lawrence Rolling Stone reporter can't go anywhere yeah um, just to see him get hit in the face I an idea for a story that would actually take place better in California what? Well, I got this idea while I was at the Atrium Club this morning. Well, who would you be going after? Well, it's not who, it's what. Well, excuse me, what would you be going after? Health clubs. Oh, girl. No. Why not do a story about how they're turning into the singles bars of the 80s? Find a couple, do a non-fictional story. With pictures? Yes, lots of pictures. It could be hilarious, particularly set in Los Angeles. You know, inflated bodies, airheads. Hot tubs. Yes. Alfalfa sprouts. Absolutely. We haven't done L.A. in a long time. I mean, it would be wonderful. Sounds great. Shit. What? Carly Simon just walked in. Oh, God. She hated the story you did on her. I know, I know. Hi, Carly. Hi, Carly. Hi, Carly. I read that shit you wrote about me. Oh, come on, Carly. You know, the only thing worse than being written about is not being written about. <laughs> Look and how thick that liquid is. And seemingly Mary. a vat of it, too. She's carrying a very small martini yeah. glass. <laughs> it's more, like, you're right, it's more watered-down ketchup than it is <laughs> thickened booze or whatever. And based on what we know of Adam... He probably just wrote a pretty truthful story about right. Carly Simon. <laughs> probably just quoted her exactly. Like, that's the thing. Like, pick a side on this guy. Like, he, his only downside is that he quotes people exactly how they present themselves. <laughs> they say something, he goes, got it. And then presents it. Really without much judgment. Well, they also, it's weird, like, what kind of journalist is he? Because he does, he does Carly Simon, he does the aerobics thing, and then he talks to the most dangerous man in America. <laughs> what is that guy's name? The, um, his name? Mackenzie, thank Mackenzie. you. Mackenzie. And, uh, and, like, they have this vague espionage kind of thing throughout with Mackenzie. About computers Can anyone even curtain? explain I, what that was? I have no I think, idea. Here's what I think it was. They made, they made a slight reference to cocaine. I think he was, like, a John DeLorean sort esque figure. Okay. But the the thing was he was a billionaire. He sold computers to the Soviet Union? Yeah, somebody in the Soviet Union and the State Department was mad at him because of that. Which and really then they framed him for selling drugs? Can, can I ask somebody, was he guilty or not guilty? I know he was found not guilty, but what are we to believe he was? I no idea? Well my my I'm thought kidding. is my thought is this <laughs> is that he was a good like he was not a good guy but he was being wrongly tried oh that's what I'm wondering that's what I think do people agree with that well he's still in jail it's too late but but then this goes into my larger question what would have been the big problem if the tapes were revealed that's what I don't understand so what were what what by the way I totally respect that John Travolta did not want to give over those tapes yes but but it leaves us as an audience really confused because I, I don't know if this guy did something really terrible. I also don't know what was on the tapes. Do I? No, no. we never saw that interview. I, 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 we I never saw that interview. Only you they could have played the tapes, but they decided to put in that driving sequence instead. <laughs> Tough choices, but you know what? Yeah. You got to make them that sometimes. That storyline was so important, uh, and we saw so little of it. I, gotta, I have to point out one thing. So, so at a certain point, the government is following John Travolta, right? <laughs> yes. There's that... that <laughs> nameless guy with the, the sunglasses there's a scene when they go skiing to, at Mammoth and there's just Jamie Lee Curtis and John Travolta out on this deck and they're hanging out they're making out 
And then you reveal that three and a half feet away from them is a guy standing <laughs> like this, watching the whole time. They don't see him there. They don't acknowledge. There's nobody else on this balcony. But that guy is always like, or that guy or a guy like that guy is always two feet away. Like when he gets off the plane and then Jamie Lee Curtis is like, hey, welcome back. Then they walk out of frame and then he just like enters from stage right. And I'm here. Like, chill out, FBI guy. Get a little bit better at your covert ops. At least, like, lower newspaper. Like, it'd, be great, it'd be great if he was in that aerobics class with his sunglasses being like... <laughs> anyway, so, this is my other question about the aerobics class. I know we have a lot to please, cover. Please, yes, but go. Now, did everyone learn these routines beforehand? Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like they're regulars. I feel like they're okay, all regulars. These moves are changing, though, and these are slight movements. But that's like Tracy they're Anderson, changing right? At the drop of a dime. Like, I mean, like Trace, that's like a Tracy Anderson like kind of workout. Like you know what you she's gonna do. I've, yeah, I've yeah, done, yeah, yeah. But I've have done Tracy Anderson a bunch. No big deal. But I don't know. I've done I, it too. I don't know. I don't know every I feel like single you thing. Know I the moves. I feel like people at, in that era would be like, oh, and then we're gonna grapevine. And then we're gonna. I don't yeah, know. you're right though. Jamie Lee Curtis never says. Quickly. She never goes. And now to arms or yeah. this. It's a silent ro- workout. Yeah, yeah. She just knows. And by the way, I wanted to point out that so she is the most popular instructor at the most popular gym in L.A. Doesn't work on weekends. <laughs> you want to go to Mammoth this Saturday? Yeah, sure. Fuck it. She's That's like not pulling all the classes would be. She's pulling triple shifts. She's like, I gotta head over to Beverly Hills now. I gotta go over here now. I gotta go in the valley. Well, but the big question off. I have about Jamie Lee Curtis is, and I guess all the women, are they wearing stockings under those leotards? Yes. Fuck. Yes. Wow. And it looks that's, crazy. That's really crazy. It's it, it's really weird because it's those high cut leotards. With stockings. With stock, with like sheer stockings or whatever. Paul Sheer stockings. Yeah. <laughs> and they're crazy, very they're strange. they're sweating. I mean, oh, they yeah. are working out. Oh, God. Um, I... Say it, June. You're worried about yeast infection. No, I'm worried. I'm worried. <laughs> We're all thinking it. That's why you guys brought it up. That's, I mean, think about it. For, they're wearing stockings and a leotard. So that's like multiple layers and of underwear, like I would unnatural fibers right on their biz. But by Plus the way, they still have their, their bushes are in that 70s to 80s transition. So, so they've uh. just all got like thick landing strips. Right. And by the way... They just learned then that to just cut the, inner, the, inner thigh hair. The rest you got to get rid of all the stuff that comes out of this. Yeah. <laughs> Seemingly though, the guy... Who looks like Roger Daltrey is wearing the same exact yes. thing. That's true. Stockings and like his dick has disappeared. He is Ken doll down there. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know what is going on, but even the women look unnatural because maybe their waists are high. It's just too flat. Yeah, there's a lot of weird shapes Angles, and belts, yeah. and it's like. I think the bodies were normal. I just think it's angles and waistlines and cuts that we're not used to. Maybe you're right. It looked, I'll be honest, it looked weird. But everybody also looked great. I thought everybody looked oh, yeah. wonderful. I thought Jamie Lee Curtis was straight up hot. Like she was that. super hot. I wish yeah. people dressed like that. And I was so I happy to be like, look at all these people. And it's not like everybody looks fake and plastic and weird. Everybody looks like real people who are just in weird shape and ha- the weirdness was like 
hairstyles and clothing. Right. Yes. Not like, oh, the, I don't know, their weird bodies, crazy. Well, it was interesting, you know? too, because, I, I mean, you were saying this about Jamie Lee Curtis before the show. Like, I, I bet all of those people were also, like, 22. And to yeah. me, they looked like they were, like, in their 30s. In their mid-30s, you know what yes. I mean? And I don't know what's changed there. If, like, people are just getting didn't more work like, done. Didn't really? it seem like they, I, I, I don't know if this is true, but it seemed like, just about everybody that was at the gym that wasn't somebody famous that you knew actually worked at that gym. Because, like, the guy that gave him the tour was like, hey, man, okay. let me show you whatever. Okay. The guy, here we go. Oh, I like, got really I actually have that, that they introduction. They all had, like, very heavy tongues. <laughs> Something was weird. Um, here is the gym introduction. Uh, which is pretty amazing, the acting you, in this. If yeah. you cut all of the actual gym aerobics workouts, shots of people working out, all of that together, it's two hours. <laughs> By the way, this movie is full of this, and it, uh, I'll do my best to explain it, but you guys are smart, you'll get it. Uh, these ADR-esque shots where it's just on a building and then a full dialogue scene. Oh, yeah. We don't see anybody, but we're just here like, hey, so you got to get that story. Well, the story today, yeah, the story's got to be due today. I kept, well, I can't get it today. Couldn't do another scene. I kept thinking that my thing had frozen. Yeah. Because I was like, this much talking can't be happening over a static off image. screen talking. Like, so much off-screen talking, like, or, or like really high angles of characters like walking in they're like well you need to give them the camera I gotta get that camera from you alright you st- shut up when get over th- here when right. you think about how much stuff they show people doing what must they have not gotten some test audience is like we need to connect the dots way yeah. more um, here is the introduction one of my favorite sequences uh, coming up here and here we have the co-ed gym. Ah, so this is where all the action takes place, huh? Yeah, on the free weights, the universal equipment, the Nautilus, and the eye-carrying equipment. I feel so guilty, all these people working out. And you have your life cycle bikes. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Linda. I miss you. I never see you anymore. Adam, Linda, Linda, Adam. Hello, Linda. Oh, I mean it. I, I really miss you. I used to work up here as an instructor before I was promoted to sales. I used to work on my body. Looking good. God knows I try. I'm still in the before group, you know, not the after, but I'm going to get there. Where's Sally? Is she here? Yeah, she's over there working out with Roger. Trying to make her tits even bigger. Well, see ya. Nice meeting. What's your story? Should have seen her. She was a mess. What do you mean? I've never seen anybody work so hard to get into shape. Really? Hi, Sally. Hi, Roger. Oh, he's killing me. Come on, let's go. Back to work. Come on. How many? Three more. By the way, they are disgusting couple. Well, Sally works with Linda. They're so fucking gross. I know... I know that clip is long, but it just shows you, like, that's what every scene feels like. No, no one is like, ah, we can edit out some of this. No, no, no. It's like, let me give you a tour of the club. It's 45 minutes, and here's every second yeah. of it. Hey, it's... can you give that message to Jane? Oh, yeah, what do you want to say? By the way, just tell before... her, oh, we'll meet up later. And, like... Jeff, I told you, listen, you got to st- staple things on the left side, not on the right. Because... Right, okay, okay, of course. Yeah, I'll do that. And... Wait, Here, okay. follow me. Let me show you how to load the stapler. <laughs> Before this guy does his tour, another woman had come out before him and also given a bit of a spiel. I mean, there's so many. What if, what if at the time this came out, people in gyms were like, "Thank you, you finally got it right." Well, I was finally told our side. It does make you wonder: Were they like, "Well, we have to explain it all because conceptually, 
this is insane. <laughs> the idea that this place exists with nine racquetball courts and all of this shit and all of the other nonsense is so absolutely bananas that we gotta really piece by piece explain what's going yeah. on. I feel like half of the movie is explaining there's such a thing called aerobics. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's aerobics. They work out, they exercise. Wait, Can wait, I, I, I want to ask you this, ladies. Can you exercise and make your tits bigger? No. Is that, well, that a, machine? That machine is that is. an exercise? No, right? Wait, half the audience is saying yeah. Who says yeah, like, no? Wait, who says yes? Oh, nobody's saying yes. So you're all saying no. Okay. Wait, what? There still seems to be your pec, pec muscles. muscles. Okay, your sure. pec muscles. I well, think that was just Linda's rage speaking. Right. But like that's she's yeah. talking about Mary Lou Henner, whose tits are out of control in this movie. She's working out, I don't think, in a bra. No. no, no, no nobody no. wears a bra. Nobody bra. wears bras. Oh. And, and her miss, boyfriend this is, seemingly... I miss this. I wish people didn't wear bras anymore. <laughs> her boyfriend loves to work out like kneeling in front of her on the, ch- on the pectoral. There's no machine. reason for him to be. It's an no, automated yeah. machine. To be fair, this is when you could eat your girlfriend's pussy at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody cared. Um, Somebody walks just... like, 20-minute limit, dude. Come on, let me in there. And, and obviously, just so we know, I mean, I, not that we have to restate this, but this is an autobiographical film. Like, It's based on a true set of articles what? that right. was in Rolling yes. Stone. Yes, yes. by a guy named, uh, his name was Aaron Latham, so they share the same initials. But the Jan Werner stuff, I want to talk about him because, like we said, he is a co-founder of Rolling Stone. He plays the managing editor of Rolling Stone, I thought he was pretty good. He wasn't as bad as I thought he was going to be. Yeah, right? You would think he would be stiff. I felt like he was... He's pretty natural. But I, he, had, he had that thing of like, I'm going to shrug, I'm going to say the line real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't know. You go out there in California, you write the line. Give me Adam. <laughs> like, I feel he like, looked like a little boy, by the way. A little roly-poly little boy. A tiny man. Yeah. Cute little... He you has like hug peanut him. butter and jelly smeared all over his face. <laughs> And a giant swirly lollipop. I need but, that article. But this is why I think this is my issue with the movie. Uh, it, besides the length and everything else, is like they had. Oh, to, so long. They had to please so many masters because it's like okay, we can't make Rolling Stone look bad. We can't make Sports Connection look bad because they're giving us their logos and everything like that. We can't make, uh, you know, we can't make, and no one can look bad. Well, Rolling Stone and, does look bad, though. Well, I guess, yeah. Because the, they fuck with the journalistic integrity? Yeah, well, that's true. That's maybe true. they do. That's why Jan Werner didn't want to be Jan Werner. He wanted to be whatever yeah. the fuck his name was. Marcus. Mark Roth. Oh, Mark? Mark. Um, yeah, because. Yeah, I, no, they farm it out to David Paymer at the end. Everybody's, everybody's favorite bad guy. I mean, the premise right? of this Isn't movie. Right, isn't it David Paymer? Yeah. <clears throat> the premise of this movie is really insane. It's just so insane. Yeah. When you think about how much happens to Travolta over the course of the movie, it's wild. <laughs> well, I mean, he the movie seemingly takes place, what, like over... Like, I well, five years. Six so years. <laughs> <laughs> Five years at least. Five or it six begins, years. It yeah. begins at the obit section at the Jersey Journal. 
Five years. Well, I don't know how long he was in jail for. Like, how long? How how long did it take? Oh, I think he was in jail for. I said this to you. I think he was in jail for quite some time. No. Yeah, I think that that trial went on for a little bit. Oh, really? How do you know? Because Mackenzie. I mean, I don't know when his court date was, but. I don't. I mean, I mean, they had to go a whole trial. Yeah, he could have been in jail for years. I think they tried to get him to give the tapes for the trial of Mackenzie. He wouldn't give them up, so they had to do the trial of Mackenzie. Well, I guess maybe it could have lasted. The trial had to go on. All this is taking a while. Before the trial, I feel like this movie took place in two and a half weeks, give or take. Yeah, let's. Yeah. Yeah, like and. So much goes on. He's in Morocco, New York, L.A., New York, L.A. again. Like, he's on so many flights. Um, And he's just, I mean, his body is tired from working out, too. I mean. Oh, my God. He literally can't get out of bed the next morning after his eruption. She shattered his glutes from all that. (laughs) What's so weird, though, is that he doesn't have any, um, there's no learning curve with him in aerobics. Like, he jumps into that class. And knows exactly what to yeah. do, as we all I saw. I really thought the movie was going to be, because I didn't know this movie prior to watching it, and I thought the movie was going to be, he jumps into the aerobic scene and is like, I'm in. <laughs> and is like heavy oh, right. into aerobics, starts competing, but I thought that's what was going to happen. To the aerobic Olympics? What is yeah. the aerobic Olympics, Olympics that was going on? It was some benefit. It was some sort of benefit. You know what they should have done for a dimes. full character arc? Here's what should have happened. He, at the, the movie starts the way it starts. Then he goes through this thing. He and Jamie Lee Curtis fall in love. She dies in aerobics class. And then love he, it. And then he has to write her obituary. <laughs> right? That would be the full... The full and I love, too, how they, they, they eventually explain it. But where he goes, I want, I want to write a story about you. And she's like, no, no way. I've been burned before. Like, as if it's a common thing, like... Listen, every woman's been fucked over by a reporter. Yeah. But apparently... so unusual. She was so burned. Jan Wenner, the photographer, and David Paymer are all like, she looks familiar. Yeah, hey, because well, the story... How big was, was that the biggest story? Apparently the, the story world? was huge, and that's why I was like... Don't the people in L.A., they would know you're so popular. They would, they would get the, the scandal. Well, my issue with this... I mean, the other thing, too, is she's like, I was burned by a reporter. We find out she wasn't... He reported what happened like again and we're mad at the reporters for simply doing their their job job. and wasn't that relationship wasn't she I mean her coach was much older than her and wasn't she on the high school yeah she was in high school that's really inappropriate and should be reported on somebody should yes should be reported on you could argue the unsung hero of this movie is that reporter (laughs) but yet but yet, she's under some sort of like, um, she's under some sort of spell by her former coach. She's like, look, don't, whatever you do, don't mention my coach in this article because he just got back together with his wife. Yeah, she's still in touch with him, yeah. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Things are working out for him. Why are we rooting for that guy to be back with his wife? He oh, no, I want child. them to work it out. I want them to work it out. I believe in them. Um, and by the way, the picture in the story was him, like, holding her face like this. Why well, don't, do don't do that during the, when the photographer's don't, there. Don't at a swim meet have a tender embrace. What are you, Bella Caroli? It's so weird, too, that after we've spent so much time with her as an aerobics instructor... 
we then find out like she's not even into she wasn't even into aerobics she's really into swimming yeah which by the way leads to my favorite scene in the movie when Travolta watches her out the window and she sees the pool and she just kind of bends down to be like oh pool I knew thee well See, I, missed, I think you had a different reading of that away. scene. I think she was holding the tapes he gave her. Oh. And what? getting the tapes wet. Wow. Really? She was touching the pool. No, no she wasn't. She, she wasn't is, just petting the pool. She is drawn to Why are you water? giving this movie credit for she subtlety? Just, taking just the that tapes. moment. <laughs> That's the only time they weren't they didn't hit it right over the head. She'd just taken the tapes. She didn't want to leave them in the pool, but she wanted to make sure they were destroyed. No, I don't think so. No, she didn't drop those. No, she in the pool. was having a tender moment with that pool. She oh, I that was when basically I used to like swim the fuck out of that's you. That's like that's like if if in the movie she had been like, oh, I used to jump horses, and then they found out that I was sleeping with my coach, and then she like walked by a stable and was like, <laughs> and she fed the tapes to the horses. That would yeah. be. <laughs> She put the tape in an apple and... (laughs) Hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to the show. All right, Halloween is almost here and it's the perfect time to go see a scary movie. But you got to actually make sure you can actually see the movie you want to see. For example, I want to see Guillermo del Toro's Crimson Peak this weekend. Oh my gosh, it looks so good, right? The snowy white mountains, the scary red images, what's going to happen? Everything that this guy does is awesome and I want to see it on the big screen. But what if it's sold out? guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to Fandango. That's right. I'm going to download that Fandango app, which is so amazingly easy to use, right? And I'm going to get tickets. Not going to wait in line. I'm going to get them before I get to the theater. And guess what? When you get your tickets ahead of time, you also get this. You get this worry-free tickets, which means that you can easily refund or exchange your ticket if your plans change. How great is that? So you can just get the tickets and be like, hey guys, you want to go at 8 o'clock? And they'll go, no, we want to go at 10 o'clock. Great. You can exchange your tickets. You're never going to get stuck with a handful of tickets again. All right? So download the app, choose your theater, the showtime, and check out as a Fandango VIP. Your tickets are guaranteed, so you'll never get sold out. Like I said, I use Fandango all the time. It's a great app, so easy to use. It quick, takes a few clicks to get exactly what you want. So use Fandango to get your guaranteed tickets to Crimson Peak, or any movie you want to see this weekend, download the Fandango app or go online to Fandango.com. Start seeing movies the right way by getting your tickets ahead of time. Today's show is sponsored by Hal.fm, and I'm excited to announce that the Hal app is now available on the Android. Oh, I love the Android, and I love all of its apps. To celebrate the launch of the Android app, the Hal team is organizing a special sweepstakes for anyone who is a fan of Earwolf, Wolf Pop. Everybody, we're going to give you a chance to win an amazing prize. What's the prize? A two-night trip for two to Los Angeles. Travel and accommodations included. During your visit, you'll get a chance to visit the Earwolf Studios, ooh, also known as the Wolf Pop Studios, ooh, and you get to sit in on a recording of an Earwolf show, ooh. The contest is open to all HAL Premium subscribers that are currently premium or in a free trial. So, whether you're Android, iPhone, or just a web user, and you know what? Don't be embarrassed to be a fucking web user. We all use the web. You can participate now. No purchase is necessary. Must be 18 years of age or older and a legal resident of the 48 continuous United States or D.C. 
Odyssey. Go to contest.hal.fm to enter for rules. Remember, with Hal Premium, whether you're on the iPhone, Android, or the web, just for four ninety nine a month, you'll get amazing access and exclusive content, including all the Earwolf, Wolf Pop shows, plus the Mark Marin WTF archives and Hal Original shows. Oh, wait, you didn't know about the Hal Original shows? Oh, yeah, Hal Originals are brand new shows by your favorite hosts, available only with Hal Premium. The Sklar Brothers, Lauren Lapkus, Super Ego, they already have their own original shows, and there are new shows coming every single week. Get all this content on your iPhone, your Android phone, or the web for only $4.99 a month. That's a lot of listening. And guess what? You're going to fucking love it. Uh, go use the promo code HDTGM for a free month of HAL Premium. Try it. I actually just did it the other day. It's great. You have to go to the website, though, to get this. Go to the promo code HDTGM. All right. Redeem your promo code. Make sure you create an account on the web at HAL.FM. Remember, HAL.FM. Once you have your account, just go to contest.HAL.FM and enter the sweepstakes. And we're back. <laughs> our... our uh, Avril, who makes uh, amazing uh, mixes of, for this show, found something that was really uh, interesting. She, go online. The audience here has already seen it. We can't play because it's just visual. But uh, a video called Thrust It. You can find it on uh, the Movie Bitches channel on YouTube. It's, it is exactly what you think. Thrust It with John Travolta. Would you recommend to see it, right, everyone? So go check that out. If but you want to experience like, like an absolute hypnotic nightmare of Travolta dick watch this video See, um, what's interesting this... about him in the aerobics class is he seems surprised that his body is doing the things it's yeah. doing like, yeah. like, um, as if... like he's like watching it all and just like yeah fucking her it's just his facial expressions are they as if to say can you believe can this can you believe this you know thrust what I was it. impressed it is with? called Thrust It. It's amazing. It's. By the way, this video—it's so weird. This and video should be on a loop in every like cool bar. Yeah. I was super impressed with whoever did who was like the sweat roadie on this movie. Oh yeah. They just like Realistic. everybody only either had a V of sweat here or a V of sweat here. There was no nasty butt sweat. No. There was no lower back sweat. Everybody just had perfect. <laughs> yeah. I just no love the weird think patches. Um, <laughs> everybody had sexy sweat. Sexy sweat. Here's another thing that um, that Avril found that made a mashup of, and I'm not even going to tell you what it is. I think it will become self-explanatory. But here is, uh, well, I won't tell you. You'll figure it out. Hello. Hello? 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 Mm. Yes, hello? 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 Yes, Mark? Hello? 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 Yes? Hello? This is Adam Lawrence, leave a message in the Lawrence. Adam. 
Oh, that is every phone call. Uh, That's what's amazing. Uh, what's amazing is that I would say what like ninety eight percent are first ring pickups. Yeah. <laughs> well, how often do you pick up a phone ringing once? It was the eighties. Things were picking up. It was Did easier. Did they ever call back the boy George? No. Didn't you think we were going to see Boy George? Of course, because they set you up. We've seen Carly Simon. I mean, I thought we saw Boy George. I thought one of those people was Boy George. Um, No, but yeah, we see Carly Simon. We see Lauren Hutton in a cameo where she's making liquid nitrogen ice cream. Right. Which seemingly is like, wow, Rolling Stone editors, they're cool. Like, I mean, like, they're just traveling this weird world. But like, Lauren Hutton. I guess comes to your house if you're the head of Rolling Stone. I don't know. Yeah. Um, interesting fact about this movie. If you've been listening to this podcast, and while at the time of this recording, you may or may not know this, but this movie has distinction of having Chelsea Field in it. And Chelsea Field has been in Masters of the Universe, Death Spa, and Perfect. Whoa. She has pulled the last, the last actress who's been in every movie that we've done, the last three movies. This is played. a hat trick for her in order. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, so that is pretty amazing. Uh, Chelsea Fields, give it up for Chelsea Fields. All three. Are you here, Chelsea? No. Nope. There's Lauren Hutton. Uh, is liquid nitrogen ice cream, was that like a thing? Was that ever a thing? I thought they were making fondue. I'm, I'm shocked it wasn't fondue. Oh. The, when, you to, when you say liquid nitrogen ice cream, all I hear is fondue. Yeah. Well, I feel like there was a subtle thing that maybe got edited out, but they had more of a L.A. versus New York storyline through this because they uh, have a couple okay. little snarky quirks yeah. about like, oh, oh, Brussels sprouts, blah, blah, blah. And then here he is making liquid nitrogen ice cream at his Upper West Side apartment. Come on, Jan Wenner. Come on. <laughs> um, well, here's an interesting fact about this movie. Um, that, uh, that Jamie Lee Curtis wanted to play Lorraine Newman's part. The, uh, thought that was a more Linda. interesting... Yes. Thought Linda's a w- much more sympathetic and interesting character. <laughs> but then I guess people would not let her do that. Uh, I mean, so, I thought Lorraine Newman was great in this. I mean, it's a... Gosh... Linda has it tough, though. Oh, the scene where she is drunkenly preparing coffee because Mary Lou Henner has gotten engaged and she is really crestfallen. By the way, preparing awesome. coffee after midnight because we all know Mary Lou Henner would not accept any birthday salutation until midnight. That was stated in the film. Uh, and then she, they cut the cake and then she's like, I'll make the coffee. For who? For everyone is drunk and fucking now at this party. Like, who wants a nice co- cup of coffee? Well, everybody, everybody needs to get a little caffeine in their system so they can gangbang. Uh, and then at that party, they go like, "I like everything healthy, so I'm keeping everything healthy, but the cake." Meanwhile, everyone has liquor in their hands. Everyone is getting drunk as fuck at that party. I also feel like that was not much of a proposal. Oh, no. yeah, you were disturbed by that. Yeah, he just pulled out a ring, and, you know, there was a bunch of people around, and that was that. He didn't even say, you will you marry me? you think they're still together? No. You no, don't think I they do last? No, I do not, no. Now, I would like all. to talk to you, June, specifically... What's up? ...about the magic mic scene in this movie. <laughs> do you remember yeah. when stripping looked like that? Now that I'm, we've seen yeah. magic mic... Doesn't this look shameful? 
All this guy does... Okay, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, there's no sound. You can just talk through it. All this guy does, he takes his clothes off, fine. But then all he does is single leg kicks and, and basic thrusting. Arm, 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 arm. Oh, yeah. Thrust, thrust. Just that's his thrusting. Move. That's his thrusting. Move. That's what I it. hate kick, about that kick, move, by kick, the way. Kick, kick, push up, thrusting, thrust, thrusting, thrusting. Arms, 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 thrusting, thrusting, kick, kick, thrusting, thrusting, thrusting. Arms, arms, kick, kick, thrust, thrust, kick. That's it. That's what stripping was in the 80s. Oh, wait a second. We got to talk about the best scene in the entire movie. That one? Yes, because. That's it right there, Paul. We just watched it. I'm just saying, but that scene continues to John Travolta literally being in a closet interviewing Lorraine Newman at a men's strip club. Like, interviewing, like, I can't even describe to you. No, he can't be on the floor because he's a man. I get it. He's behind a screen. He's behind a screen and he's doing an interview. Like, it's crazy by the way i think it's time to talk about watching this film in retrospect and if mr travolta's here apologies but he's had some he's had some trouble sure at massage parlors and spas yes Alleg- so to see a allegedly movie where john travolta is in a spa the whole time and then lurking in a male strip club like oh oh um well, how long have you been he's like how phantom of the you been phantom of the health club yeah <laughs> But it is amazing to like. Oh yeah. But oh that that scene is bonkers. It is like, so weird too because it's it the setting of it is in like a gladiator type like arena. Yeah. yeah, it's like there's no stage. But it's Chippendales, so there's also guys that are in like those weird bow ties and right. cuffs situation. Um, what I trying hated to corral most, the women. What I hated most about that dance, if you can even call it that, was the. Marching and thrusting. Yes. If it was just thrusting, I think he's I would have on been okay. a mission to fuck you. It's not erotic at all. At all. It's not erotic and at all. It is just pumping, 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 pumping. He's just like pumping, pumping, pumping in a way that is can't. I, ladies, I don't know. I've never had sex, but that that can't be good sex. No, it's not right? great. And it's also he's pasty and. He's Travolta's wearing like pasty. a diaper. He's wearing a jock strap. I know John it's I know it's June, a jock strap. June, did you think that was a diaper? <laughs> I know it's a jock strap, but the way it looks from our angle, it looks like he's a giant man in a diaper. Which arguably I would be more into. <laughs> because that would suggest well, let's hear some that sort of deviance that I'm more curious about than just a jock strap and really athletic thrust. Yeah, he should have... What <laughs> really would have made that strip tease uh, sexy is if he had a big baby bonnet on the whole time. I, I do want to... I do want to say something. I want to just say... Uh, oh, I want... I want there to be a stripper scene with a man in a baby bonnet so bad. I would love that. Um, I just want to say, and I, I think it's like... I want to make a big deal out of it or anything like that, but... He's not a stripper. He's an exotic dancer. And I just, you know, let's respect, let's respect what's going on there. 
All right, just, you know. All right, we're going to come to you guys right now, the audience. If you have something that we have not talked about, something that you think that we should bring up, if you have a good question, I will give you one of these Mezco toys, which are primarily Sons of Anarchy merchandising. <laughs> um, so if you're a Sons of Anarchy fan, you're in luck. Sir, um, your name, what you would title this movie, and your question. Go. My name's Sway, uh, a robot orgy. Wow, Sway, nice, I like that. You any relation to the MTV Sway? My cousin. All right, great. Um, not a question, but John Travolta is visibly aroused during the uh... during the aerobic scene. Is he visibly aroused, or I is don't it just a so. job? If, he, if he's aroused, I feel terrible for him. Yeah, I don't think so. Can I tell you what I think happened? I think he just jerked off before that, and so his dick is kind of puffy and oh, plump. Still... He's he's plumped it up. That's got, what I think it is. He's got post cum puffy dick. <laughs> PCPD. All right, I got a question back here. Sir, your name, your title, your question. Here we go. Uh, my name's Ben. I would call it 90% thrusting, 10% labored breathing. Great, I like that title. And uh, have we addressed the use of the phrase sphincter muscle yet? Oh, no. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. Not only does Jamie Lee Curtis call him a sphincter muscle... Instead of an asshole, I guess. He then later, 45 minutes at least later, says, you know you called me a sphincter muscle. To which she replies, I know. Oh, no, she replies, you are one. But that's the, the I mean, that's, we're what? in an adult world, right? They could say he, something more. He I swears think, in the movie. It's not like it's a I rating. Think, honestly, I think it was about her understanding of like the human body. I think it was us to show she's she's the best aerobics instructor yeah. in LA. <laughs> yeah, oh, she wouldn't so call like, it by its like by its normal term. She called it by its medical term, yeah. sphincter muscle. She understands the anus or the sphincter muscle is the thing that she would exercise in class. Yeah. So this one this one's really getting your sphincter muscle, everybody. <laughs> All right. That's your how you have name. to sign in for the class. Oh, you, oh, you have a book. I'm going to go to the book. All right. Your name, your title of the movie, and your question. Uh, my name is Jordana. Uh, my title is Leotards and Half Chubs. Oh, nice. Leotards, Leotards and, half. and Half Chubs. That's it. Okay, Jordana. Um, <laughs> I'm listening. I would just like to address uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's first interaction with the computer. Um, Two prongs. Addression, not question. Um, first of all, she says that she has taken a few computer classes, yet she does not know how to delete. Yeah, she was, and yeah, he really walks her That's through. The third class, though, delete is the third computer class. <laughs> and yes. But here's the really weird thing about that because they're setting up. It's so weird because she will come to delete his article. Right. Okay, so it's so strange that they felt they needed to set up how she knew how to delete. They also... Like, we needed to see the scene in which she maybe we learns don't know, how to like, delete. Maybe, when was this movie made? 1985 is when maybe it Maybe everybody out. was just a total fucking moron then. <laughs> we, don't, well, we take for granted that we're pretty smart. Everybody's like, well, they true. do take... All the computer scenes are long. <laughs> and it's long shots of the computer itself as if audiences at the time would be like... I think they kind of were. He also... <laughs> Jason is my... <laughs> what is it? What do we want? What do you 
I was gonna I say he's seemingly. True, though. No, no. I think they literally had to be like click, click, click. Word, letter, letter, letter. So people would be like, <laughs> what is the world we're living in? He's seemingly. It's like when audiences saw a train in the 1920s in a movie, and we're like, oh, oh. Like the Lumiere brothers fucking blew our minds. They did that with a computer? 2001 came out in 1969. Well, he also at a certain point, he's like, I leave it on in case I get inspired so it doesn't have to warm up in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. We've come a we, long he also, way. He, he also uh, seems oh, to I'm travel so very light. And yet he never carries that computer. Wherever he is, he has that computer with him. But that computer is big yep. and bulky. Like that's a carry. That's not a carry-on. That this, the oh, and, and then when she types "wanna fuck?" question yes. mark. I like that. And then he writes back, "You got me, or I give up." The, the answer is yes. <laughs> what are you a fucking idiot? You win. Come on. All right, your name. Just gave your title, myself a the, headache from yelling. Your name, your title of the movie, and your question. Uh, my name is Cassie. I don't have a good title, but I just Cassidy. Cassie. Cassie. Sorry. Uh, Short it, for Cassidy? <laughs> no. Why are you furious all of a sudden, Cassie? <laughs> your name is a lie. <laughs> you don't even have to really memorize their names. Go ahead, yeah. Um, my question is, there seemed to be a setup of the whole, when the whole Mackenzie story broke, they kept saying, oh, somebody got an advanced copy. Did you give it to him? No, did you give it to him? And it seemed like they were setting up this big betrayal and they were going to find out that somebody leaked the story and then nothing happened? It just yeah. was, like, popular. That's all it was. Like, that he wrote a story that was kind of popular. But that was before but it, it was published. People kept asking about it. But, but Jan Werner's like, hey, turn on the radio. Your story's leaked. They said that someone like pre-released a copy, and they I'm betting it's Pamer. I bet it's David Pamer. He's everybody's favorite weasel. Well, we can't talk about America's favorite weasel without talking about America's sweetheart, the photographer. Frankie. I loved her. I loved her. Loved her. She was my favorite character. She was amazing, and like I really. Uh, I don't know. I felt like I saw her entire life in New York City. Yep. With that hair and that outfit and the job, I was like, she's I know like exactly doing coke with Bernadette on. Peters. Yeah, and I'm envious. Like, what a life. Sir, your name. I loved when she was. Sorry, when, oh, I loved when she was like. Uh, she arrived in L.A. She was like, oh, maybe I'll have some time to find an assistant and whatever else I need to keep me up. Or so she makes like a real like, I need drugs immediately. <laughs> She also... I was like, wow! She has one of the most bold entrances. Comes in, immediately goes to whatever his tray is, eats and drinks everything off of it. She drinks out of his glass, eats his french fries. I don't know, I thought that was a bold move. No, thank you. No, I wouldn't want it. Germs. 100%. She just got off a plane. Her immune system, weak. A plane plane in 1980, by the way. So it's full of smoke. There's, remember when we smoked on planes? That was recently. Uh, and she has the biggest turn. We, can we, when, tell me when we can talk about the credit sequence. I mean, I want to talk about this credit sequence. Because it does not belong in this particular movie. No. I'll come back. I'm glad they did it, but 
they kind of it was a romance and it was a kind well, of like political thriller and at the end it's something about Mary for some um, reason. Well, let's just play it and then we'll I'll get like a couple more questions and then. Uh, but this is this the closing credits again. You can't see it. But it is exactly like Seth. But I do want to set for those of you who haven't seen it. It's it's like it's a pretty serious. It's not that goofy a movie. No, not at all. It's a drama, right? But this is the credit sequence. The this credit the sequence. End. I mean, well, yeah, we could. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> all right. Could maybe. could aerobics? Everyone gets a title card with their name, and but they're playing to the camera. There's uh, Mary Lou. So everyone has like a, an eight second, yeah. like just. My favorite one is, well, yeah, there's two good ones. I mean, if you're listening right now, you're just singing a song. This, but this is amazing. That's our photographer. We Frankie. haven't seen this person until now. Well, Frankie, but yeah, this side of Frankie, she's the best at aerobics. Jan Werner. Also, like a little boy, such a great belly move. Grandma, I gotta go potty. Jamie Lee, amazing. So sexy. Jamie Lee Curtis looks unbelievably cute in this movie. She's so sexy. So hard. Now wait, so let's now talk about this. Then the final one is Travolta. Why is he not dancing? Everyone is dancing. Everyone wants to see Travolta dance one more time, and he's out of breath. He's like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'll dance in the movie, but I won't dance in the credits. And he's like, he's just looking around like, he's like, I'm embarrassed. I'm Look embarrassed. how excited those other like Scientology laughing. people are behind him. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mr. Travolta. John Travolta did not work for four years after this movie. Anyway, go aerobics, on. Aerobics and the world of aerobics are like the whitest thing in the world. Next to Second Improv Comedy. Second only to podcasts. Next to Improv Comedy. I would say it was Improv Comedy, Podcasting, Aerobics. Okay, okay. Or vice versa. I, mean, yeah. Sir, I agree. Uh, okay, your name, your title, and your question. Uh, my name is John. Uh, the title of the movie is All the President's Men Thrust. Ooh, Nice. And uh, the question is: There's an interesting, interesting correlation between this and staying alive in John Travolta's speed of like response on a phone call. <laughs> and when Mackenzie first calls him, he's like, "Hello, yeah, it's me. Oh, you want to meet? That's, okay, that's okay. the call in the in, in the lobby, in the flop house, yeah. staying alive." You know? So he just gets information quickly. Yeah. Uh, there you go. They take like these. That yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, he in came. A, it's like it's like in acting classes at the time they were taught by like James Cagney or something. So it was all like, uh huh. All right, wait. Mobsters here. Syracuse right. five nine two. I'll be down in a jiff. Okay. All right. I see. I see a person back there. They seem like they have a very good explanation. Hope, ma'am, come to us. Yeah, you come. Yep. Yeah, you. You're the one. Yeah. Come on. Come to her. Here she comes. Your name. Your title. Your question. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Hi. My name is Lindsay. Uh, my title. Sorry, Lindsay. I'm making you cross a huge aisle. My title would be uh, Sex, Drugs, and Rolling Stone. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. That's actually a much better title. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk about, do we, um, the mom of Jamie Lee Curtis? Oh, yeah. Who's like one year older than her? Yeah. <laughs> Who makes a great divinity. Yes, I Googled it. What is it? Yeah, it's got like egg whites and corn syrup. Oh, no, thank you. Oh. Yeah, it sounds weird. I don't know. You die. Egg whites. Yeah, that would yeah. kill me. I don't what know is if this, it's hard or soft. But it looks like it's hard. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, but she was really into it. 
Yeah, she, the mom liked Divinity, and apparently the mom... Well, it might go, have looked like uh, it was hard, but probably because she just jerked off. So it was maybe just... <laughs> Did you, little, you just want to talk about her. Do you have anything else? Little, Cause we, we can talk because I felt like the mom ratted her out. The mom was the one who said the affair. But if the, then if the, the mom, mom saved her life. But if the mom knew about it, why wasn't the mom doing anything? Her daughter was the victim of a predator. Oh my gosh! All right, we got someone who has a who believes they have one that's oh that's guy. All right, I see it. He he showed me. I will say, guy in black t-shirt was sitting one seat over. And then wow. made his girlfriend move to the edge of the aisle. <laughs> he also has so a lump under his shirt. Be careful, Sheer. <laughs> All right. This is it. Your question, your name of the movie, your, uh, your name. Do not blow this, question. bro. Do not blow uh, this. James, uh, alternate title, The NeverEnding Montage. Oh, nice. That's, yeah. Um, okay, what do you guys think was the pitch for this movie, and how might that have differed for the pitch uh, for the article in the movie? Ooh. Wait, this is a tough one. What? <laughs> I think I think hey, James, the pitch. I think the James, pitch. Go back in. Go back. Take Move back to your old seat. So, what is the pitch of the movie? Well, I think the pitch I for the movie the pitch, was the, the article. Some, the pitch for the movie is something like Jamie Lee Curtis, John Travolta, sweaty, shoving their junk at each other. A sweaty so, junk shove. Sweaty junk shove. Yeah. But don't you think that the sex was? Underwhelming because oh, there's time. no nudity. There, and there's not the even sexy? simulated sex. Like they like they are behind closed doors. It's like you're like, why isn't the camera in that room with them? Like yeah. it's just like it's like we're just kinda right outside the door, like a USA show or something. I feel like I feel like, like a sort of burn notice over here. I wouldn't be surprised to <laughs> it's suits. Is this suits. is this movie suits? I hope it's suits. Mr. Robot's going to hack into suits and... Uh, Sweatsuits. And get all the dirt on Rizzoli and yeah. Isles. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, your name, your, uh, your title, and your question. Cool. Uh, Don't hey, touch I'll hold the, the mic. mic. I'll hold the mic. Don't touch the mic. Hey, hands off the mic. So, uh, sorry. My name is Chris. Uh, the title is Thrustworthy. Nice. And uh, my question is, so this movie makes such a big deal about the opening scene where he's an obituary writer. And everything after that is like weird dream logic and sex fantasies and people changing locations. Is the rest of this film just Adam creating his own obituary? Ooh, wouldn't it wow. be amazing if at the end, the end titles, he woke up on the obit desk <laughs> and like, Ooh. and nothing had changed? What if you find out that the ash, it's his ashes in that urn? And then and, the writer of the Jersey Journal goes, it's better to say nothing. Or it's better to say, wait, what's that phrase? I'm, uh, it's it's better, better to have nobody talk say about Say nothing at all. Bad press. Is, yeah. So it's better to say. It's better to say. We're, we're, all, we're all having a George Bush moment right now. It's better not to say anything than nothing at all. No. It's, it, who knows it? Wait, okay, okay. If you can't say anything, anything nice, don't no, say No, no, it's what Yann Weiner said, right? Which so, is, where he says to Carly Simon. Is that what you're talking about? It's better that they're talking oh, about saying, you. Oh, that. I'm sorry. Well, that's bad press. But I'm just saying that like... Wait, wait. Two in the bird is one in the stone. <laughs> what, right? Two in the pink, one in the stink? Hang on. <laughs> well, anyway, all I'm saying is... That the question I want to know is... It, on the urn, in the urn on his desk, are there ashes that are recognizable or not? <laughs> Call back to the last show, assholes. Well, 
Um, wow, wow, wow. We, I think we really have done it here with the show. But you know, obviously we had an opinion about this movie, but there are other people out there that had a different opinion. It is now time for second opinions. You guys sing the theme, but really try to get words. Not the words that we've done. Make up your own words and let's see what happens. Here we go. Go. I have a question. I yeah. do have a real, real question. Can I get house lights for a second? Is there a person in the house who thinks they have a good second oh, opinion yeah. song? They would like to come down here and sing into this I'll microphone. go to you. I'll go to you. Who's got it? Who's going to sing for us? Who's? Cowards. All right. Here, I got one. Here we go. What do you got? You ready? The pressure might feel on, but at the same time it's off because whatever you do will be great. Here we go. I'll hold the mic. <laughs> Second opinions, they're not your first. My, my voice is much better than Fred Durst. All right, I liked it. Can you beat it? Can somebody beat that? Anybody? Can any? That's what you guys are electing? I just wanted, I want you all we'll, to know, we'll throw you were the given gauntlet. the opportunity, and as a group, you elected him to do that. Next live show, if you bring your own theme, we'll let you sing it. All right, here yeah. we go. So all of you aspiring musicians out there. Bring your own keyboards. All right, whoa, here we whoa, go. Whoa. Here are our second opinions. These are five-star reviews. Wait. No. I thought she was just doing a Ronnie impression. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop the clock. Five-star uh, Amazon reviews. Here we go. This is titled, The 80s Were a Weird, Amazing Time. <laughs> Written on my birthday, January 31st, by Valley Girl. It's a movie about aerobics. John Travolta wears teeny tiny shorts and has a huge package. <laughs> and hairy legs. Jamie Lee Curtis wears leg warmers and is passionate about jazzercise. This might be my favorite movie about aerobics ever. Five stars. I, I, I will actually go on a limb and say, I think this is my favorite movie about aerobics, too. Absolutely. Like, if you're talking about just aerobics movies, yeah. I would rather watch Jane Fonda workout videos. Come on. This movie... This movie deserves a high rating because it exposes the real life of confidentiality when the media had real guts not to reveal newsworthy information. It also exposes women in the 80s and now who are obsessed with their bodies and desire to be as perfect and thin as possible even when they're at a healthy weight. Beauty is still on the inside. Five stars. By the way, Paul... June B. Perry. Does it say in that review which, which prison it was written in? Because <laughs> whoever wrote that is a fucking creep. And the women, let's not forget about women. <laughs> All right, this is uh, one that we get a lot, but it's, this is good to read anyway. It goes, um, Ruined for Life uh, writes, Are you kidding me? And we know it's going to be a five-star review, so let's see what they say. Anyone who watched this for plot and character development, please get over yourself or simply step in front of the next bus you see. 
Wow. I have heard that there are five suicides as a result of That's this terrible. Review. I like John Travolta as an actor. Well, I have liked him for like the last 15 years or so. I think he can play a bad guy with the best of them. But I've been ruined since seeing Jamie running around in spandex for the entire movie. Her in a unitard, sweating and gyrating around is reason enough to buy 20 copies of this movie. Just to make sure you have one to replace it when you wear out the first copy. The only thing even close to this as sexy is her striptease and true lies, in quotes, true lies, and even then it's a far second. I am a sexist, and I'm okay with the label women as perfect as JLC deserves the admiration that only a sexist can supply. JLC. I'm sort of getting behind it. Okay. JLC, if you read these, you. What? S- <laughs> JLC, if you read these, you single handedly made spandex and lycra a noun, verb, and adjective all at once. And aerobics, a form of foreplay. I thank you. Five stars ruined for life. Would you guys recommend this film? Yes or no? Yes. 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 Uh, yes, there's a lot you can fast forward through. Of course. Anytime people get in a car, fast forward. But there no, because then you're going to miss her calling him a sphincter muscle. True, but still. <laughs> I do feel like this movie is, like, really fun to watch, even though it's annoyingly long. But, like, a four-minute aerobic scene is great. Oh, I'll yeah. watch it. Damn. Um, well, that is our... That is I a, wonder... I, I do wonder... <laughs> say Come on, you're safe. It's what safe. What this movie... Because I was... Uh, uh, old enough during this time to be like, oh, right, when everybody did this and wore these clothes, whatever. To me, it might, if you were young, you might look at this movie and be like, what the fuck were people doing? I have a very vague memory of my parents belonging to a racquetball club. Oh, yeah. And I like, played racquetball. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, boy. And I remember going to like the daycare center in the racquetball club. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and being in this sports center that was like not just about, like it was more of a place like this where there's different. Sure, because was, this was at a time when it's like it wasn't just medicine balls and gray sweatsuits. It was yeah. like different. Do you think there, there could be like a CrossFit version of this movie? Well, I was talking to my cousin yeah. about that. Like if you showed now, like I was like, we got slimmer size and we come over here for this. Now it'd be like, now you just take this fucking tractor tire and you push that over. Yeah. And then yeah. you take these rope. Like people 10 years from now will be like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah, what absolutely. are you doing, you idiot? Yeah, you're right. It's the same thing. In the moment, it feels like that's right. Like, I mean, those videos of like exercise videos were that. It was just well, like... Well, exercise videos were still a huge thing. Even, like, Ty Bo was a huge thing. Or yeah. P90X is still a huge thing. Or Insanity. Or all of these yeah. things. Well, even just the Lin idea Sanity. of exercise for everyone Sanity. is huge. 
What was that show? Wasn't there a show just of like women on like a ro- like a lazy Susan exercising? Well, listen. First of all, Susan Kyle? could get motivated when she wanted to. <laughs> Do not know. No. Boo. That felt great. <laughs> um, uh, well, uh, uh, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I was gonna say, don't get me wrong. I will Google women, women on a lazy Susan. I'm googling it right now. I see that. See By the way, Pat, up. you put on TV workout. Otherwise, we'd see some weird porn right yeah. now. <laughs> I don't see it. I, don't I think. See I, 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 think I do know what you mean. Been... No, I think the TV no. commercial. Yeah. There was like a workout where women were just like it was just like there. Did anyone know that what that is? I, I know what you're talking what, about. Okay. That person. You raised your hand. Yeah. What was yeah. it called? If I have my information correct, it's women just sit on a lazy Susan. <laughs> well, um, hold on. I think the audience creep knows what's up. So oh, he, he brought his own flashlight to stick under his face. Um, Seth. What do, you, what do you want to plug? What do you um, want to... Here's what I want to plug. I have an itty-bitty part in a movie called Helen Back coming out, but I want to talk about it because oh, Riggle, yeah. I think, is a star oh, of it. Oh, yeah, I'm in this And you're in this, too. too. Yeah. Claymation movie, yeah. and it comes out soon. Look for it. Helen Back. Very nice. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Jason, June? Um, you can still check out Grace and Frankie, which is streaming on Netflix. Also, Ask Backwards is on Netflix, too. And... June, I do, actually, I do have a question about this, about the Grace and Frankie thing. Now, Jason was in The Dictator, which was on Netflix. Will his character ever, from The Dictator, come into your Netflix show? Oh, wow. Will Nuclear Nadal ever show up in the Grace and Frankie universe? Like, not saying that you would shoot something there, but I don't understand you how Netflix You mean because they're works. streaming? That's like, what you're saying, would the streams crawl on Netflix? Cross. Yeah. It Can streams my character- might cross. Yes. It's possible. It'll be uh-huh. like when Simon and Simon went to Hawaii for, uh, for Magnum, Magnum P.I. P.I. Great episode. Yeah. <laughs> Both of those are great Both episodes. Both of those are great episodes, yeah. <laughs> Almost as good as the Magnum P.I. where he, where his sea kayak goes down and he treads water for the full hour. The full hour, yeah. That is an amazing episode of television. Oh, I Second only to maybe Hush. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Nerds. Um, <laughs> all right, so Ask Backwards, Grace and Frankie on Netflix. Jason? Um, I'm in a movie called Sleeping with Other People that's out now in some cities. Um, and, or maybe when this goes up, it will be on VOD. So please watch that if you can. Uh, Crash Test on iTunes now. Crash Test on iTunes, which is a special. Seth is in it. Uh, a bunch of great people in it. Uh, Earl Sweatshirt, one of the comedy greats. Uh, and, of course, Aziz, Rob, uh, Cordry, and a bunch of other people. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, at HDTGM. You can also leave a comment about this episode, Perfect on the Earwolf uh, message boards and I'll read them in the mini episode. Stay tuned for next week's mini episode where we'll answer more of your questions. We will uh, find out the age-old question, would Nicolas Cage be better imperfect than John Travolta and uh, do a bunch of other stuff. Listen to our mini episode. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. That's it for the show. Make sure you head on over to SlashFilm.com, read the oral history where Deborah Winger talks about her experiences, and Aaron Latham, the guy who the movie is based on, also tells you about working with John Travolta. Also, 
Avril Halley's clips are available for you to consume right now. Go to Twitter or our Facebook page and you'll be able to watch her amazing videos in all their glory. Big thank you to everybody here at Earwolf. Big thank you to Dana. Big thank you to July. Big thank you to all of our engineers who put this show together. Thank you guys so much. Tune in next week for a corrections and omissions of perfect. That's right. In our mini episode, you can tell us what we missed and what we did not talk about in our mini episode. So if you thought we missed anything imperfect, let me know by going to the Earwolf forum. Leave it for me there and I'll read it in corrections and omissions. And there's a bunch of other fun stuff in those mini episodes. So we'll see you next week for a review of perfect, which is perfect. Bye-bye. Big thank you to Brian Smith. Brian Smith keeps the name Brian Smith, even though it's probably the most boring name of all time. Brian Smith, when you have confidence in yourself as a person, that you don't need to change your name to something like Javier Hamed Colbert, which is a great name, but that's somebody who has low self-confidence. Brian Smith, you have the highest confidence. You rock a pretty sweet Gmail address, and I know where you live. I'm coming over to your apartment, and we are going to fry up some beans and then throw them away. So I want to show you what I can do, and that's pretty much the only thing I can do. Big thank you to Matt Besnard. Matt asked me to say a couple things about him to his mom. Or dad, you pick. Hey, Matt's parental unit, figure, friend, lover. Matt wants you to know you're not cutting it. Matt needs 100% of people's energy 100% of the time, and you're only bringing it about 75% of the time. Matt is too good of a guy to tell you that, but I'm a fucking asshole, and I'm going to tell you you're worthless. So if you want to be in Matt's bed, be Matt's parents, be Matt's friends, you got to bring it 100. Keep it 100. Big thank you to Philip Holdredge. Philip Holdredge. You know, there are many people out there named Philip Holdredge, but of all those people, you are my top, in my top five, ah, top 10. Philip, you transcend all the other Philip Holdredges in the country. Why? Because you have a canoe. You love, you love Polly Shore movies, the old ones, not the new ones. Not that there's anything wrong with the new ones, but Son-in-Law is a classic flick. Encino Man, have you seen it? Encino, I saw it. Okay, Philip. I think we spent enough time joking around. You gave us $100. So for that, I'm going to say your name like a song. Philip Holdridge. Face it, movie fans. You might have a 96-inch TV, a deluxe Dolby surround sound THX audio guy, a Blu-ray player, a green ray player, and all the fixins. But no matter how immersive your home entertainment center is, you'll never know what it's like to be inside the film. Well, on the podcast I Was There Too featuring me, Matt Gorley, I interview the lucky people who managed to get inside the movie. Not in an inner space sort of shrink-down way, but they're actors who played small roles in iconic scenes from classic movies and TV shows, like Alien, Speed, Clueless, Star Wars movies, and more, in clips like this. He goes, uh, I drove Harrison Ford on um, the Third Raiders picture, right? Harrison Ford would smoke a bone on the way to the set every day. Right? Oh, and back, yeah, of course yeah. he would, yeah. And one day I go to pick him up at the Savoy, and uh, he comes out with a saucepan with a lid on it. He goes, I ran out of papers. So he's heated up the dopey seat in the saucepan, 
and cooked it. So he opens up the saucepan and goes like this, and like just sticks his head in it. So listen to I Was There Too Today on iTunes, Howl, Wolfpop.com, or your favorite podcast app. It's the next best thing to troning yourself inside the movie, or last action heroing yourself, or pleasant villaining yourself. You know what? Pick your reference. I Was There Too. Catch the action. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. With blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.